0: What's up everybody? You are listening to the Early Risers Podcast. I'm your host Skylar Deem and I am an early riser. Now what does an early riser mean? I know you've heard me explain this before but if you are a new listener to the show, welcome. To me an early riser isn't someone who wakes up at a specific time so there's no cutoff. You don't have to wake up by 5am or 6am or 7am but to me an early riser is someone who wakes up earlier than they have to in order to get in some form of uninterrupted personal development in the morning. So if you have to go to work at 9 in order to get there on time, you have to wake up at 8 a.m. And you decide that you're going to wake up at 7.30 and perform a 30-minute routine that pushes you to get better. So maybe you meditate, maybe you move, you exercise, maybe you read. If you do something during those 30 minutes that pushes you to get better, you are an early riser. And I kind of stopped mentioning this in the past few episodes, but I also want to emphasize that being an early riser is more about just that morning routine. Being an early riser is just about living life more effectively in pretty much every area that you can. So in order to have an effective morning routine, in order to wake up with that drive, with that purpose, with that passion, with that energy, you need to get your life right in other areas. So you have to get your nighttime routine right. You have to get your nutrition down. You have to get your exercise schedule down. And there are a ton of these healthy habits that you have to build to really be an early riser as effectively as you can. But with that being said, in today's show, we're really going to dive into cell phone addiction. And we're going to cover why cell phone addiction is such a big deal, why it's such a huge thing in today's society. And then I also want to give you some general ideas, general rules, and general tips that you can implement into your life to really cut back on that cell phone use. And hopefully you're going to be able to learn a lot in this episode. Hopefully we're going to cover some things that you had no idea existed. And my general hopes are by the end of this episode, you feel a calling to really implement some rules into your life and to really intentionally cut back on your cell phone use. And I think it really needs to be intentional because when we talk about cell phones and how addicting they actually are, it's not easy to just say, okay, I'm going to cut back on my phone use and then do it you actually have to be super, super intentional and committed because cell phones are literally designed to be addictive. Now, before we go into that, I want to cover my current obsession for the week. So this week, I'm obsessed with a rapper named Token. And specifically, he just came out with a new song called Flamingo. Now, for anyone out there who may be a little sensitive to language or to things along those lines, you may not want to listen to this. But Token is a rapper I've been following for like, three or four years now he is currently 19 he's been rapping since he was super young and he's just like insane to me his dedication his messages that he gives across you know he likes to make the songs that are fun but he also has a lot of songs out there that have meaning and that are pushing an awesome message so that's something i really love about him but his new song flamingo is just totally crazy and it's something that if you're into rap music and you don't mind a little language here and there you should definitely check it out and I will link to that in the show notes as well as everything else from the show today. And if you are interested in finding that, my new website is officially launched, which I'm so, so, so excited about. So you can find the show notes to this at earlyrisersmovement.com ERM 30. And we have officially hit the 30th episode of the show, which is just amazing. I feel awesome. This has been an amazing journey and I feel like I'm just getting better and better every episode. It's funny, the first episode I would cut a lot of things. I would continually make cuts pretty much after like every one or two or three sentences. I would pause, I would kind of get my thoughts together. Maybe I would stumble over my words here and there, so I'd have to redo it. And now I'm only making a few cuts per episode. So it's really an awesome learning experience. It's something I'm getting better at, and I'm super excited to see where this takes me in the near future because I know I'm only getting better from here. The show is only going to get better from here. And I'm hoping that I can continue to provide you with as much amazing value as I have in the past and that we can only go up together. Now, with that being said, I do want to get into the show. So in general, the average person checks their phone 150 times a day. Think about that for a second, 150 times a day. Now, maybe you're above that, maybe you're below that. But wherever you are, my guess is that you have some sort of addiction or some sort of relationship with your phone that can be improved. Because we all have these devices and we're given these devices with basically no rules. You know, Maybe you are at the point in your life where you're just young enough where your parents gave you your first cell phone and they had to set these rules because they kind of realized that they're addicting phones. When I was growing up, I didn't really have to deal with that because our phones were the flip phones with... You know, not much to do besides calling. And then when I got a little older, they had texting as well. But for me, I didn't really have to have those rules because it wasn't something that I was crazy addicted to. But for a lot of people growing up in this smartphone era, they're given these phones, and odds are they should be given these rules of creating guidelines of how you can use your cell phone. Now, I want to speak a little bit about why cell phones can be so addicting and why it really is an issue of trying to break that relationship and build a better one with your phone. So there's this guy out there named Tristan Harris, and Tristan is a former Google product manager. I'm really trying to get him on the show. I reached out a couple of times and I'm going to continue to do so because I feel like he would be an amazing guest, but basically Tristan worked in this product manager area for Google And he noticed that over time that these phones were being literally designed to hook you in because the goal of these designers of these applications and these phones and everything, their goal is to get you to use their product more. And the more that you use it, the more of a viewer base they're going to have and the more money they can make from you, whether that's from products that they're selling or from advertisements or in some way they are making money off of you. So their main goal in order to make more money is to get you more hooked to their phone or to their app or to their product and to get you to use it as much as possible. So what Tristan does was he left Google and he basically became a speaker and he goes around the world. He does TED talks. He has articles online that are amazing, which I will all link to in the show notes. But basically his main message is that phone creators literally design phones to make them like slot machines. And when they make them like slot machines, they're basically giving us a chance to play on these slot machines every chance we get. So when we pull out our phone out of our pocket and we turn it on, we're expecting a notification. And we're basically playing the slot machine. If, you know, if I unlock my phone right now, am I going to get a notification? Or am I not going to have a notification? Did someone text me? Did I get a Snapchat? Did I get an Instagram message or an Instagram like? And when we open our phone, we're literally playing the slot machine to see if we've gotten a notification. Just some other examples when we scroll through Instagram, we're playing a slot machine to see if we find any interesting pictures, any pictures that look good, any pictures that make us feel a certain type of way, and we're scrolling through and we're liking these pictures and we're commenting on these pictures and we're playing this slot machine to see if we can win. On the same end when we open Facebook, we're playing a slot machine to see what notifications we get. You know, if you don't have push notifications on, you're opening to see if you have notifications. If you do have push notifications on, you're opening to see what those notifications are. Now, slot machines are so, so, so addicting. And the fact of the matter is they actually make more money in the United States than baseball, movies, and theme parks combined. And if you've ever walked into a casino, you've probably seen that at work. You've seen people just hooked to these slot machines. You know, I've seen a ton of old people just sitting there and it seems like they've been there all night. And I've been to a casino early in the morning, just walking out of a hotel, checking out. And there's people there who have probably been playing all night. And it's insane because it's so addicting. It's so detrimental. It's a great way to lose all of your money. But people are addicted. People continue to play because they want that high of, okay, did I just win? Did I just lose? What's going to happen next? So there's this one article linked by Tristan that lays out actually 10 different ways of why phones are specifically designed to hook you in. And I will link to that too if you are interested. But look, the main point is that these phones are designed. Their purpose is to hook us in and get us to use them more and more. And when we're put in these situations where designers are literally hacking the human brain to get us more committed to using their product, we have to be super, super intentional about how we use our phones. We can't just take this device that's literally designed to get us addicted and use it in hopes of not getting addicted. We have to be so, so intentional. We have to create rules and we have to really design our lives so we can form that healthier relationship with our phone. Now, I want to go briefly into a couple different ways that cell phones can really cause issues in our life. They can cause issues with our physical health, with our mental health, with our lifestyle And there are a lot of different reasons why we should be intentionally cutting back. So to start off, cell phone use and overuse can actually cause a lot of these different issues in our body and our brain. So first of all, cell phones can cause headaches, they can cause irritability, they can cause anxiety and depression, and they can actually cause tumors. There have been cases out there where people who have kept their phone in their pocket have gotten a tumor in their leg, literally the exact shape and size of the phone. And, you know, obviously that's not something you find every day, but that is something out there that's happening. So to go into why our mind is kind of affected by these phones, why we experience things such as anxiety and depression, there's a great book out there called The Hacking of the American Mind, and it's written by Dr. Robert Lustig. And in this book, Dr. Lustig basically talks about the difference between dopamine and serotonin. He talks about the difference between pleasure and happiness. And how dealing with these different things can actually affect the way you think. Now, when you use your cell phone, when you get these notifications, when you're anticipating getting these notifications, you experience hits of dopamine. And dopamine is that feel-good hormone that's associated with pleasure. On the opposite end, you have a hormone that your body produces called serotonin. And that's associated with your happiness. Now, basically, dopamine is an excitatory chemical. So basically, when you get a hit, you get a rush and then you kind of become adjusted to that level of dopamine. So you build a tolerance. So you get more and more hits of dopamine, you get adjusted, and then you're gonna need, over time, more and more hits to feel the exact same level that you do now. So whereas one hit of dopamine right now might get you pretty excited, if you continue to get adjusted and you build that dopamine tolerance, soon you're gonna need five or six hits to feel that same way. So when we're constantly being hit by this dopamine, we're actually kind of numbing ourselves to the other pleasures of the world because something that may have gotten us super excited and made us feel really good now doesn't really do that good of a job. So when we are constantly, constantly over and over getting these hits, unknowingly we're really decreasing the pleasure we feel in other areas of our life. Now let's go on the opposite end of that. So we have pleasure on one hand and then we have happiness on the other, which is really what all all of us should be striving for. And happiness is the chemical serotonin. Now serotonin is the opposite of dopamine. It's actually inhibitory. So you cannot overdose on too much happiness or too much serotonin. You can produce as much as you want and it's not going to increase your tolerance at all. Now there is one exception to this rule. There is one thing that will build your tolerance for serotonin and allow less and less to affect you. And that one thing is dopamine. So the more dopamine hits that you're getting, the more your serotonin tolerance is going to build, and the less and less you're going to feel from that serotonin that your body's producing. So just another reason why we need to cut back on this dopamine. You know, dopamine isn't a bad thing. It's a super, super good thing in small doses. But when you're constantly overdosing, and you're getting these notifications, and you're scrolling, and you're clicking on new pictures, seeing moving images, videos, you're listening to things on your phone... All these things can contribute to you being less happy, and they can give you things such as depression because you're not getting and you're not really feeling and processing that serotonin in the same way that you used to. Now, when it comes to the anxiety end, this actually has to deal with a hormone called cortisol. and We've talked about this hormone a lot in the show. It's basically known as that stress hormone, where again, in small doses, it's very, very good, but in large doses, it's really messing up our brains. So basically, cortisol is just meant to put us in that stress state, to get the adrenaline flowing, to get us to safety. But when we have long-term doses, and it's kind of lower doses just in the long term, that can actually really spike your stress, and that can cause a lot more anxiety. So when we use our phone, when we actually have that sense, and we have the ambition to open our phone and see if we got a notification, That feeling gives us a shot of cortisol. And when we're consistently getting that cortisol, we can be overstressed, we can be over anxious, and we're going to experience this more and more the more we use our phone. It's crazy because I can actually tell when I'm overusing my phone because I will feel more anxious. You know, if I go in social situations or situations where I'm kind of uncomfortable, if I've had a long day of being stuck on my phone, of scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, or something... I'll notice a lot more anxiety kind of welling up in me. And it's an extremely noticeable feeling. Now, I've also mentioned the effects of the blue light in the phone on your sleep, but it's also important to note the cortisol that your body produces can also affect your sleep. So if you are right before bed using your phone and, you know, you're using those blue light blockers so you're not getting the blue light in your eyes, looking at your phone and expecting these notifications and getting these notifications can spike your cortisol which isn't good right before you go to sleep because that's going to interrupt your sleep quality. Another reason out of the many of why cell phones can be bad if you overuse them is that they can really, really ruin your productivity. So even a brief glance at your cell phone while you are trying to focus on another task can just basically tear apart your concentration. And there is one study out there that found that it can take you up to 25 minutes to refocus after getting distracted from your phone. So a simple glance of seeing a notification or a simple glance of checking for a notification can basically derail your entire productivity, which is why if you're trying to be productive, it's so, so important to set guidelines with your phone use, to not just have it in arm's reach and just consistently check if you have a notification. And then one more topic that I want to cover about how cell phones are really affecting your life is that they can actually decrease the depth of your relationships. Now, I don't know about you, but it's my personal opinion that I want quality relationships over a quantity of relationships. And I know we're moving towards that world where we have a quantity because of social media, because I can Snapchat 30 people at a time, because I can send a group text, because I can like a ton of pictures and follow a ton of people on Instagram. And yeah, I'm making more relationships because of that. But in reality, I've seen firsthand how those relationships and having that many of them can decrease the quality of them and you can't go as deep into a relationship as you used to be able to so you have all these friends but you can't put as much energy into building those quality relationships with those people it's crazy i remember as a kid i would walk out to my backyard when i had my flip phone and i would lay down on my trampoline we had a trampoline and i would basically go through my contacts and probably text anywhere from 10 to 30 people, just something along the lines of like, hey, what's up? Or hey, and I would just lay on this trampoline and I would just consistently respond to people and just go back and forth through conversation and conversation. And most of those conversations were, hey, hey, what's up? Nothing much, you? Nothing much, hanging out. And then that was it. Which is ridiculous because there's no depth there. There's nothing. It's just the fact that I'm texting them to kind of show them that we're friends. And looking back, you know, it's so, so, so crazy because over my lifetime, I've had relationships that didn't go deep at all. And I've had relationships that we were just super, super close and we shared everything with each other. And I'm telling you firsthand, the people that you can open up to and the people that you can really get deep into a relationship with. Those are the people that are going to make life better. Those are the people that are going to affect your life, improve your happiness, allow for leisure time, and in general, those are the relationships that you want. So there's a study out there that just basically showed that cell phones can actually decrease the depth of the relationships that you have. So it's not just that you, you know, you're texting all these people and you're not really taking time to develop relationships with a certain few, but it's also that while you're out with people and if you find yourself on your phone... You're not being present with the people around you. And that can kind of cause a rift in your relationships. So this is something to monitor. You know, all these adverse effects of using a phone, are they worth it? Are they worth changing your life for? Are they worth the constant hits of dopamine? The constant excitement for a new notification? The constant access to people that you would never meet? And obviously the answer is no. But obviously the answer also isn't just, okay, I'm going to get rid of my phone. Because as we all know, phones are amazing, amazing devices. They connect all of us. I don't want this to be a straight-up bash on phones. I just think that there are a lot of issues with our phone use in society today. I think there's a lot of issue that a lot of people aren't talking about how real this actually is and how much this is affecting our society, our relationships, our mental health. So in reality, this is something that we really, really need to start zoning in on. Now, I want to go deep into four rules and restrictions for creating a better relationship with your phone now in general before we do that i believe i made a video on this and there was a thursday thoughts in the podcast list on these four things i am going to quickly go through what they are but then i also want to lay out some recommendations of what i really recommend you implement into your life and then just some other general ideas for you to start going through and start developing these rules So before we get into these, I want you to take a second right now, and whether you are driving or whether you're in your room or wherever you are, I want you to take a second and I want you to visualize your life where you have a healthier relationship with your phone. Picture that tomorrow you woke up and you had the ideal relationship with your cell phone. What would it look like? How often would you use your phone? Why would you use your phone? How would you know that you were successful in forming this new relationship? What things would you have to do or not do throughout the day? And when you can visualize that and see that, then it's time to start making these rules because you kind of know, okay, in what situations should I not be using my phone? In what situations should I be using my phone? And hopefully these rules are really going to help you start to understand what you can be doing to form that healthier relationship. Now, like I said, there are four rules And they are called restrictions, but I also think it's important to note that when you create these restrictions, it doesn't necessarily mean that you just can't use your phone. So for example, if you create the rule that, you know, you want to not use your phone in your bedroom, right? That's a rule and that's an amazing rule that would work. But what if you shift that a little bit to make it more realistic or more healthy where you say, okay, I can't use social media in my room or I can't have a phone call on my room. So it's not necessarily, you know, I can and can't use my phone or I can or can't use my phone, but it's just, okay, I'm making these rules that are very specific with how I'm using my phone so I can be intentional. So the first phone restriction that you can do is a time restriction. And this basically means during certain times of the day, you're going to create these rules about how you can use your phone. And you can use specific times, so 11 a.m., 12 p.m., 1 p.m., or you can use blocks of time, so the first hour that I'm awake. You know, I wake up at six AM during the week, so until seven AM I'm gonna create these rules, and I wake up at you know, you know, eight AM on the weekend, so till nine a.m. I'm gonna create these rules. Or even if you just say, you know, the first hour I'm awake during the week. So basically what you're doing for a time restriction is you're picking times where you do not want to just aimlessly using your phone. So let me give you my recommendations for time restrictions. Now, I've been trying to implement some of these into my life, and I have implemented some of these into my life, but I think the most important ones, for me, I have three of them. So the first one is when you wake up. When you wake up in the morning and you immediately grab your phone, you're immediately becoming reactive to the day. You're seeing what other people have sent you and what other people need you for. You're checking your messages, your email, so you can respond to other people. But if you can wake up in the morning and you can, you know, be intentional with your phone use, you can have time in the morning by yourself where you devote that time for personal growth, then you start to build this proactive mind state where, okay, I'm deciding to get up, I'm deciding to work on myself, to zone in, to focus, to be present, and then when I actually start my day after my morning's over, then I can use my phone. So when it comes to this time restriction, what do you want to use it for? Do you not want to use it for the first hour? Do you not want to use it during certain activities of your morning? Do you not want to use it at all during your morning? Pick these things, draft them, take some time, write them down, think about them. Make sure you write them down though if you are going to implement them and then really focus in on how you can implement them into your life. Another recommendation is before you go to bed and again, this is going to really help you fall asleep faster, sleep better and it's going to reduce that cortisol spike that may prevent you from falling asleep as quickly. So before you go to bed, pick how long. You know My recommendation is anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes to really get the full effects of those sleep hormones, but do what you can. If you've been an addict for your entire life and your phone has not left your side right before you got to bed ever, maybe start with 15 minutes without it. Maybe 20 minutes. Maybe once you get adjusted to that, then you bump up. But for now, make these rules that are specific to your lifestyle at this very moment. Another time restriction I'd recommend is while you're working. And this goes back to the productivity issue. If you are constantly switching back and forth between your work and the phone, you're not going to get stuff done as fast. You're not going to be as efficient. Some other recommendations that you may want to consider, 12 to 1 p.m. or basically an hour for your lunch. You know, Whatever you're doing, take a break. Take a full break and really be present. I know a lot of people who have lunch at work or wherever they are and they have lunch and they're scrolling through their phone while they're eating. But it's nice to just take a moment and, you know, during that lunch hour, just have time for yourself. And in general, again, time restrictions, you can do any hour of the day or you can do any points of the day, any blocks of time that are specific or that are really variable depending on the day. The second restriction you can use is a location restriction. And this basically means in certain places throughout your life, in certain locations, you set guidelines. You set rules for how you're going to use your phone. So my recommendations, number one, make your bed sacred. Don't even bring your phone into your bed. Number two, maybe think about not bringing your phone to your work desk. You know, keep it across from you while you're working. Another recommendation is just don't bring it in the bathroom. There's probably some germs in there that you may want to avoid. Some other recommendations, you know, maybe you don't want to bring it into church. Maybe you don't want to bring it into a meeting or while you're in class. Maybe you do want to bring it into those things, but you want to set more specific guidelines. So when you're in a meeting and you are presenting, you're not going to have your phone. Or when you're in a meeting, you know maybe you can check your text messages, but you don't want to scroll on social media. And again, being very intentional with the location you're in and how you are going to use your phone during that time. And then another recommendation, you know, maybe while you're in a car, whether you're driving or you're a passenger, maybe you just want to be present and fully aware of what's going on around you while you are driving or while you're a passenger. The third type of phone restriction is the moment restriction. And this is basically during certain moments, certain experiences, you want to set guidelines with your phone. So my recommendations, you know, while you're spending time with your friends or your family, Set some clear guidelines of how you're going to use your phone then. During your morning and nighttime routines, right? This could be a time restriction, but this could also be a moment restriction. Because when you're doing those routines, that's a moment. And maybe one day that routine takes you an hour. Maybe another day it takes you 30 minutes. But regardless, during that routine, you don't use your phone. Another thing, while you eat. Again, that's a variable time, but it's also a moment that you can use to really set guidelines on how you're using your phone. And maybe another moment is while you're driving, right? That's a moment that could be a variable. And then the fourth and final restriction is the notification restriction. And this is basically right now going into your phone and setting these rules and guidelines on your phone for what notifications you get. One for a recommended is maybe just think about turning off your social media push notifications, right? Do you really need to know if your friend Jack liked your Instagram picture? Do you really need to know if Stacy sent you a Snapchat right away? Do you really need to know if you got poked by someone on Facebook? Is poking still a thing? I wonder if poking's still a thing. But anyway, basically go into your phone, go into those push notifications, go into each individual application and be intentional with what you get. You know, maybe you don't need a notification on Instagram when someone likes your picture, but maybe you'd like one if someone DMs you. Be really intentional and play around with these things because if you are not getting these notifications as often, you're going to be less inclined to go through that phone and to scroll through and to check things and to get distracted. So that's my main recommendation. You can do that for anything. You know, if you're a pro and you just want to cut this out, maybe just turn off all notifications. Just figure out these restrictions in your life. Take some time to really, really zone in on, okay, what notifications do I need? What notifications do I not need? So those are the four restrictions, time restrictions, location restrictions, moment restrictions, and notification restrictions. And I really, really recommend whatever you're doing right now, that you take some time to really create these rules for yourself. And if you're driving or you can't really take the time right now, maybe put a little note in your phone, maybe talk to Siri or talk to the Android version of Siri, which I don't know if there is a thing or if they have a name But do what you can to create these rules and implement them into your life because you're going to create a healthy relationship with your phone, you're going to regulate your mental health, you're going to feel a lot better, you're going to increase your productivity, you're going to improve the quality of your relationships, hopefully, and you're also going to really have a better grasp of just your overall lifestyle. You're going to be able to be more present in life. A quick language note, when you create these rules, be very, very intentional with how you talk about them. Because there's a huge difference in saying I can't use my phone while I'm eating lunch and I don't use my phone while eating lunch, right? I can't, I'm not allowed to, or I don't. That's just not my identity. That's not who I am. And when you even change these small shifts in your language, it can have a drastic effect on your success. Because odds are, when you create these things, you're going to be in habit, and you're going to have that urge, and you're going to struggle, and you're going to fail, and you're not going to follow the guidelines 24-7. But when you're intentional with it, and when you fail, and you analyze why you fail, and you adjust, that's when you can really take your life to the next level. Now, to kind of wrap things up, I do want to give you a few other quick techniques to help you prevent those urges, you know, even when you have these rules to help you prevent that idea to get up and to check your phone. Number one, delete any apps that are just straight up time wasters that aren't serving you. If you want to delete your Snapchat, your Instagram, do this if it's really affecting your time and you think you can do without it. Or even if you don't think you can do without it, maybe think about doing it as a challenge. Number two, you can actually put your phone on grayscale, which means that the colors just all come out as gray on your screen. And this is beneficial because all those bright colors really continually give you hits of dopamine. And when you're scrolling through your phone and it's gray, you're not as tempted to scroll through and check every notification and do everything that you can do. So in the iPhone, the steps for this are settings, general, accessibility, accessibility shortcut, color filters. And if you do that, you can actually turn on grayscale and set it so you tap the home button three times and it will swap back and forth. Or you can put it on permanently, so you just don't have that opportunity to switch back and forth. If you don't have an iPhone, I'm not really sure where you would go. I'm assuming it's in your accessibility settings, so you can check that out as well. Another technique you can use is just putting your phone out of arm's reach. We get in these habits where we just, out of impulse, just go and grab our phone. Out of impulse, we go and press the home button to check if we have a notification. And if your phone is, you know, across your room or in another room, you going to have that impulse and you're going to have the choice to either keep working or you're going to have the choice to get up go and check and odds are if you're busy with something or if you're focusing on something you're going to be less likely to actually get up and go check that another great technique is to rearrange your screen i think when we get in this habit of tapping certain locations and going in a certain order of things having an app be somewhere different than where it usually is is really a pattern interrupt for us Because we'll go to where normally it is, you know, we'll open a folder or something and we'll see, hey, where's this application? Then we'll remember why it's not there and then we can intentionally cut back. Another great idea is to throw all your necessary apps on your first page of your phone. So the text or the email or whatever and then anything that is a time waster you throw on the other pages. So when you unlock your phone, you're on that main page, you don't have anything that you can access and it's gonna be a lot more difficult or you know, again, a pattern interrupt for you to go check those other things. And then finally, for the people who really, really struggle, there are apps out there that actually help you with this. A few apps are In Moment, Freedom, Flora, and Onward. I would recommend just doing your research on each, each and how each can help you because certain apps just time you, you know, they force you to open that app and keep that app open Other apps literally disable your phone from using certain apps so they have an ability to like access how the phone functions. And then other apps just track your phone usage so you can just see, hey, how much time am I spending on Facebook? How much time on Instagram? How much time on this, on that? And in general, just being able to analyze that is a great tool for figuring out where your time wasters are and what you can do about taking that next step. Now, I mentioned this before, but I do want to kind of just bring it all together Cell phones are addicting, plain and simple. They are meant to be slot machines to pull you in. And with that being said, if you really, really want to form a healthier relationship with your phone, it's going to take constant effort. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. You're going to mess up. And at the end of the day, the only way you're going to succeed is if you are intentional and if you are persistent. So my recommendation is take some time right now and really, really develop some restrictions. Don't be unrealistic. Just start small. Start with some basic guidelines to really help you form that relationship. Once you get adjusted, improve it a little bit. Once you adjust to that, improve it a little more. And just commit to this stepping stone journey of just slowly improving that relationship. And I'm going to be completely honest to end this. You know, I don't have a healthy relationship with my phone right now. I don't. I'm very, very aware that I have an issue with overusing my phone and I have great days where I don't use my phone for the entire day and I just zone into my work and I have laser focus and then I have bad days where I just, I'm just not intentional about it. I have my phone right next to me. I'll check it. I'll open Instagram. I'll close Instagram. Five minutes later, I'm back on Instagram. So this is something that I'm committing to as well and I'm actually making these rules with my friend in a couple days and we are going to really zone in on how we can hold each other accountable and what things we can be doing. But I'm recommending you. I'm taking this challenge right now, and I want you to take this challenge too. And if you do, reach out to me. If you need resources about how to really go about building and sustaining a habit, you can check out two podcast episodes. The first one is ERM ten, so early risers movement.com slash ERM ten. And that is how to build or break any habit. And then you have erm 20 slash earlyrisersmovement.com/erm20, which is sustaining habits in the long term. And if you listen to those, you keep those end goals in mind. You're gonna be able to do this. And if you are committing to this and you are taking this journey, I really, really, really want you to reach out to me through Instagram at earlyrisersmovement. Keep me posted because I'm just rooting for your success. I truly believe that forming a healthy relationship with your phone can inspire other people, it can improve your life, and it can really just change the way you think and you live. So with that being said, that is just the whole spiel. I know we went into a lot today. I believe this is a longer episode. But in reality, this stuff is important. And I wanted to transmit that importance as much as I could because I really want you to take that step. So before closing the episode, I do want to give the question of the week. And the question of the week is, if you could shop free for life at any store, which store would you choose and why? For me, I'm going to have to go with the health food store. So I don't know about specifics. I guess if I had to choose, there's this cool little place by my house. Um, So basically I was out, I was walking around town and on like the very back end of the shopping center, like hidden behind this building, there was this little health shop. And, you know, I see health, whatever the name was, I see that it is a health shop and I walk in because I'm super excited and I love that stuff. And this place was paradise. This place was owned by a family for like years. There's all these old pictures of them when they were younger. I just Googled it and the store name is World of Nutrition and they are in Newington, Connecticut. And if you're anywhere near the area, I would really, really recommend you check them out because they are so cool. They walk in and the vibe of the store is just unreal. It's this cute little shop. The shelves are stocked and stocked with, you know, they have teas, they have herbs, medicines, supplements, they have creams, candles, they have snacks, foods. And if I could shop there for free for the rest of my life, I would be one happy camper because I just love that stuff. I love eating healthy. I love all these different herbs. i love trying new medicines, new supplements. And in general, this place was just an awesome place to be in. So reach out to me, let me know if you could shop for free in any store in the world for life, what store would you choose and why? But with that being said, I thank you, I appreciate you for listening, you are the best. Actually, huge announcement, my new workbook, The Snooze Stopper, should be released by the time this episode is out, and if it's not, I'm sorry. Actually, you know what, no, it's on the website, just go, it's on the website, I'm gonna beat that date. Just go to earlyrisersmovement.com. You can scroll down. There will be a free resources section. That is the Snooze Stopper. This is my first interactive workbook to really take control of your life when it comes to your morning, to really cut back and stop hitting the snooze button. And what this workbook is, is it lays out, okay, how can you align your logic with your emotions, with your environment, so they all work for you in waking up in the morning. Because if you want to cut back on hitting snooze, you're not going to be able to do it with your willpower. Your prefrontal cortex, which is basically your logic and basically allowing you to make the right decisions during the day, is not at its best when you wake up. It's basically been put into remission while you're asleep. And when you wake up, that's not available for your use, so you're not going to be able to make the right decision. Your emotions are going to be driving you, which is why if you align these three things, if you align your logic, your emotions, and your environment, that's going to boost your chances of success. And what I did with this workbook was I put in why you don't want to hit the snooze button. I put in the actual framework of how you can make that change, which, by the way, the framework can be used to make any other change in your life. And then I also put in some other cool stuff. And if you want to check that out, I'm giving away copies for free. All I'm going to be asking is that you pay shipping, but I bought the workbooks themselves for you. And if you go to my website, earlyrisersmovement.com, you scroll down, you can purchase that book there. And if this show has provided value for you in any way in the recent past, if there's been a single episode that has helped you kind of shift your paradigm or make a change in your life for the better, all I ask is that you support me and you either buy the book or you get the word of the book out there. And if you do, make sure you use the hashtag the snooze stopper. Make sure you tag me at early risers Movement. And honestly, this is just super, super exciting for me. This is my first book. This is a huge launch for me. It's something I've been working on for the past few months, and I would really appreciate your support. So thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate you. Reach out at any point if you have any questions, comments, or anything along those lines. Keep killing it, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. As always, feel free to reach out at any point with any comments, any questions, or pretty much anything else that you'd like. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on our website, earlyrisersmovement.com, or hit me up on Instagram, at earlyrisersmovement. And if you enjoyed the show, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. With that being said, I hope you're one step closer to becoming an early riser and I will talk to you next time. Keep killing it everyone.